is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. We're going to play an old favorite here at Steelers Standard today. A little old bit favorite, of probably the, the favorite. favorite, the staple of the Steelers Standard. A little game we like to call mm-hmm or uh-uh. uh-uh. We're going to apply it today to the free agents <laughs> that have signed in the NFL. We're going to look at the big names, where they've landed, how long they've signed for, the amount of money that they're going to be making. And we are quite simply just going to tell you. Do we think their fit is uh-huh, or <laughs> is their fit uh-uh? uh-uh. So let's get started right at the very sure, top. Let's do it. With the biggest one. The guy who got the most money so far this offseason, a six-year. He got the most money and he and got the, the longest, longest tenure, yeah. He got a six-year, $120 million deal. The three-year-old Vaughn Miller, the outside linebacker. Obviously, we remember him in Denver winning Defensive Player of the Year. He won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl MVP there. Recently... It was thought that he would be a Denver Bronco for life. Did not happen. Gets traded this past season to the L.A. Rams and helps win them a Super Bowl, his second Super Bowl. And, I mean, it was – you're not stretching the truth at all when you say he helped them because he was a force down the stretch and especially in the playoffs. I think he averaged almost a sack a game as they worked their way through the playoffs. And And then he got two sacks in the Super Bowl. So he was absolutely worth it for the Rams to make that trade, obviously, as they won the Lombardi Trophy. But – is he worth it for the Buffalo Bills? I'm going to go, mm-hmm, but it's like I'm a little nervous about saying it because of the term and the 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 amount of money he's getting paid. I think it's a good fit in Buffalo. They could use some pass rush. Right. And they really do. Uh, like, I, it can be overblown sometimes, but I think that they could use help from a guy who knows how to win. Like, I, I think that. You know, it can be valuable to have people in your locker room that's been there, done that, and can kind of tell the rookies what time it is. And Von Miller is clearly one of those guys. He's done it in two different places. Von Miller was someone who, after, I mean, you have to remember, too, the state of the Denver Broncos after Peyton Manning retired was abysmal. You know, they are the <laughs> only team ever to win a and miss the playoffs each of the next six years. So the last year was the sixth year. And, I mean, it's quite possible they get back now, this year, with Russell Wilson at quarterback. Only team to ever do that. And that was with Von Miller on that team. And let's not forget, Tom, in 20, he didn't play at all. He was out for basically, I think, he missed the entire season. Then he comes back. He had a tough time with COVID. Like, he caught it and, like. I don't remember that. I just know he didn't play a single game. He caught COVID during COVID, like the height of COVID. And we're still in COVID. But Mm -hmm. during the height of it, and, like, he got it bad. Like, he had trouble breathing, like, inhalers and stuff like that. It's not easy on some people. He has has been through it, injury-wise. I mean, also think about it, too, when he had it, was probably in Denver. Not an easy (laughs) place place to breathe automatically. Right. So, anyways, he misses the entire season. Obviously struggles with it. People were possibly thinking, well, at that age... I don't even know how old would he have been last year or two years ago? Two years ago, he would have been around 30. 30, 31. 31, right? Definitely on the wrong side if you're if you're a professional athlete. But he gets signed by the Rams and traded to by the Sorry, sorry. The Rams, yeah. he, he gets traded to the Rams and is Von Miller circa 2015 all over again. I know. It was that little fountain of youth thing that you can find when you get traded from a team that's kind of eh. Right. To a contender, the funny thing is, is if he would have just stayed in Denver for an offseason, found himself right back on mm-hmm. a contender. 
Although it's a lot harder of a path for the Broncos to get to the playoffs in the Super Bowl than the Rams. So I, to answer the question, I would say for Von Miller's sake, it's not. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, it's a massive fit. Perfect. You're going to maybe the favorite. You're leaving the team that won the Super Bowl and, and going joining the team that's probably the favorite. And maybe by joining that team, you solidify them as the favorite. Yeah, and again, I think that you know it can be overblown, and leadership is something that you can apply after the fact, but I do think that it's valuable to have someone in that locker room that has done it not just once, but done it twice in two different organizations and as recently as last year. I think right. that can be such a value. I like how you said it in two different cities because it's not like he did it twice in Denver and now this is the first time he's changing teams. He's already done that. He's already had to learn the new program, had to assimilate himself on a different team. He could do it again. And now you said too, Tom, he came into L.A. with Aaron Donald being Aaron Donald. Von Miller is the best defensive player on that team automatically. So absolutely, this team can him and learn a lot from him. You can make that six-year, $120 million look a lot better, too, if you win a Super Bowl in the next two seasons. You know, I, I understand that you're paying him that six-year term to get him locked up, and, you know, what other contract was he going to find more enticing than that? Bills clearly wanted him. They made it him an offer that he could not refuse. But I really get the sense that that front office is saying to themselves— First two, maybe three years of this deal is when things really count. We're willing to eat a lot of money on the back end of it if he can deliver that Lombardi trophy to us. Is there a point? It becomes worth it if you win the trophy. I think if they don't win, though, bad deal. No matter well, what. in six no matter years, what. right? Yeah. Say it's a six-year. And you haven't won still. No, say it's a six. He wins it. They only it takes up until that sixth year of his contract. To win. And then I guess it's a good one, but right, I'll be, but it's... I'll be crushing it up until that sixth year mm-hmm. for sure. It's a lot of money and a lot of years to give a very elder statesman uh, in the NFL. J.C. Jackson, the other big uh, free or the runner-up, is concerned in free agency, five years, eighty-two point five mil with the L.A. Chargers. I think this is an absolute. Mm-hmm, if I'm the Chargers, love all the moves that they've made this offseason. Mm-hmm. They've really bolstered their defense. I think that this is another example of Belichick cutting bait with somebody that he shouldn't cut bait with. Uh, I understand that he would have been very expensive, and Belichick likes to get out from contracts like that before players really get their second or third deals, and he likes to replace them with youth. But I think J.C. Jackson's in his prime, one of the better corners in football. He's going to be 26 going on 27 this season. So as far as those five years are concerned, you could probably assume that all five of them are going to be spent in Jackson's prime or at least the first three or four of them. I think it's a slam dunk mm-hmm, deal for the Chargers, more so than I think the Bills and Von Miller is. Well, I like what you said the first point you made. This isn't the only move that the Chargers made, and that's kind of why I like this move when I look at it in a broader perspective because they not only brought in J.C. Jackson, but they also brought in Khalil Mack. You're not just bringing in one guy to hopefully fix your entire team. You're obviously making moves to push yourselves into the playoffs, something that I personally have been super critical of this team ever since Justin Herbert came in. Not critical of Justin Herbert, per se, but maybe of the team not being able to be able to just elevate them. If the Pittsburgh Steelers in the last two years with their team can make it to the playoffs each of the last two years, the Chargers should have been able to do the same, Mm -hmm. and they were never able to do that. Clearly, enough is enough in, in L.A., they're bolstering up their team, and J.C. Jackson, a huge part of it. Again, I, I'm going to agree with you. It's a big uh-huh for me. 
I think another obvious mm-hmm is Teron Armstead being signed to the Miami Dolphins from the New Orleans Saints, five years, $75 million. Little much as far as the term is concerned. He is going to be 31 years old when the season starts, so getting up there in age is Armstead. But as far as the Dolphins and their willingness to surround Tua with legitimate NFL players and protection and skill players to throw to has been commendable this offseason. You have to take your hats off to them, but I, I really do like the left tackle signing of Armstead. One of the better left tackles in football. Been awesome for New Orleans for a long time. Blocked for legends, a legend in Drew Brees mm-hmm. uh, going into the Hall of Fame at one point. So I, I think that Armstead is a really good signing for Miami. Only thing that would make a little weary is his age as he's getting up there. But again, I think it's a total mm-hmm move to try and get as much protection for your young quarterback as possible. And you're going to want him to have some time back there because you've got some weapons now. You know, it takes a little right. bit for Tyreek Hill to run her out deep downfield. And honestly, Tom, you're, you're talking a lot about the age. There are two positions where I don't mind age. That's the quarterback and it's the offensive line. Mm. Because the offensive line, it, it mean, you need to obviously have the, those big C's that we always talk about uh, in reference to or that we learned about from our friend Craig Wolfley, it was a consistency, compatibility, and whatever. We always there there is a ton of C's that you could throw into that. But they're all they're all relevant. They're all applicable here. And I kinda like when an offensive line is gelled together. That means they've been playing together for a while. So, you know, you have the Marquise Pounces of the world and the David DeCastros of the world, the Alan Fanicas, who can play into their thirties. It's not a big deal if they reach that thirty year mark. And all of a sudden you think, oh, well, he's not going to be fast enough. It's not, it's not like he's a DB or a wide receiver where he loses a step. I think he, <clears throat> excuse me, he kind of gets a little bit stronger. He gets a little bit wiser. He builds a relationship with the guys lining up next to him and the guy that's throwing the ball behind him. So I don't mind it. And I do think <clears throat> I like the move in addition, in addition because similar to the L.A. Chargers, the Dolphins just seem to be kind of going all in. Right, you go out yeah. and you get Tyreek Hill. You go out and you sign the best offensive lineman available in Teron Armstead. It seems like whatever happened with Brian Flores, super unfortunate for him. The Steelers obviously a big benefic- beneficiary of that because they added him to the coaching staff. But it seems like whatever happened there, maybe in the past, it seems like they're really trying to move forward here and actually strive to win a game, which is not what they were doing when Brian Flores was there, even though Brian Flores wanted to ha- wanted to do that himself. The first player that we're going to talk about that is an easy uh-uh for me is Christian Kirk, the most popular, I think, free agent signing this offseason, not for the right reasons, though, but for the wrong reasons of what the hell were the Jaguars doing giving him that much money? Four years, $72 million for Kirk. Kirk's a fine wide receiver, but the reason I give it an uh-uh is, A, that's way too much money for a guy of his caliber, and B, you really don't know what you're getting out of Trevor Lawrence at this point right now. You don't know what he's going to be like as a quarterback in the NFL. And I do know that if he is an all-world type of talent like we you know, projected him to be when he came out of Clemson, you're going to need a better receiver than Christian Kirk throwing, to throw the ball to. You know, he, He's going to need his number one, and Christian Kirk ain't a number one, but you're giving him number one money kind of ruining the market for a lot of other teams looking at these, you know, not number one receivers, but number Mm -hmm. two, number three receivers. So I I think this is an uh uh-uh on a lot of different aspects. But as far as it through the vacuum of the Jaguars and does he help them immediately, 
eh, I don't really think he does, and you overpaid for him. So, uh-uh from me on Kirk. Absolutely, you overpaid for him. And I love the point that you brought up. I, a lot of the things you said. I'll start on the grander scale of it being uh-uh, because it's an uh-uh for the entire NFL. You, the Jaguars are not the team to be setting the market for a positional player, right? Let that be done by the Steelers or the pa- Let it be done by a team that knows what it's doing, that has the front office history of doing the right thing. The Jacksonville Jaguars, a year ago, just went out and signed Urban Meyer as their coach. That lasted about how long? Did you see Five the, weeks. Did you see the, the L.A. Chargers yes, like draft anime. anime thing? Best part about that? Did you, you know where I'm going with this? Yeah, the Jaguar. The Jaguar like sitting alone in the bar in the same position that Urban Meyer was caught on video when he was dancing with that 12-year-old girl or whatever. After not she was flying, not 12 years she's old. Not 12, That's she way was too pretty far. Young. She was pretty in her young. early 20s. Pretty young. As the rest of the team flew home and he just stayed in Ohio. He just, just accused him of something completely different. Whatever. Still, it was a funny moment. But anyways, the point is that the Jaguars should not be in charge of doing this big first kind of move. And you know what? If they went out and did it for Tyreek Hill or did it for Devontae Adams, I'd say, wow. The Jaguars want to win. I mean, they went out and they... They drafted Travis Etienne, even though they already had James Robinson. So they have two good running backs. They didn't really have a great wide receiver. But if they're going to go out and give Trevor Lawrence uh, a guy like Devontae Adams or a guy like Tyreek Hill, then I'd say, wow, that Jaguars offense could be lethal. And then the other point I like that you made was Trevor Lawrence is clearly going to need someone better than Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk. I mean, think about who he was throwing to in Clemson when he was there. Hunter Renfro, uh, T. Higgins. Guys who, I mean, maybe haven't had the best NFL careers, but mm, certainly... T. Higgins. Well, T. Higgins, least. yeah. And, T- and Renfro. I guess so. Renfro's but just, real solid. They're, they're still, like, on the ups, is what I'm trying to say. But they're both... I'd take both of those guys in a heartbeat. Over Kirk? Over Kirk. Kirk and Renfro, you could see me with some debate, but Higgins is just a different yeah, breed. I Higgins mean, that's just a completely different kind of wide receiver there. So, I mean, even if they went out and got... If they gave T. Higgins that money, I'd say, all right, a little bit of a stretch... But, but I can, I can see, see him being a number one at least. Mm-hmm. I have no faith in Christian Kirk being a number one. Now, here's one that I think might be the biggest mm-hmm of all of free agency, and I hate it because this team does such good work in the offseason, it feels like, every year. But the Baltimore Ravens signing, who will be 25 going on 26, the safety free safety Marcus Williams from New Orleans for five years, $70 million. That's a pretty big number, $70 million over five years. But, I mean, you're getting this guy in his prime. He's had at least one interception in every single season he's played in the NFL. Uh, Most of the time he gets two or three per season. Uh, You Google Marcus Williams' name, one of the first articles that comes up is Pro Football Focus saying, is he one of the most underrated players in all of football? I think that this was a slam dunk for the Ravens. This is something that I would have liked to see the Steelers do. I think that he's a guy that sure. is going to be a really good free safety for at least those five years that this contract he has with the Ravens lasts. So I think that's a total mm-hmm. And to kind of extend it to another signing, with the Saints signing Teron Matthew to a three-year $28.3 million deal, yeah, I know you've saved some money there, and... Obviously, that's a big name that you get to have come home to Louisiana and play in your secondary, but I don't think it's that far-fetched to say that Marcus Williams is better than Teron Matthew right now, and he's younger. I mean, I think it's clearer because he was signed so much earlier. 
Matthew just got, what was that, last week? Last week. And, like, Marcus Williams, I think, is going to just now be entering into his prime, especially in that secondary. I mean, he's going to have great players around him with Peters and Humphrey, and he's going to have great coaches around him in Baltimore. Like, mm-hmm. he's, I think he's going to really thrive there. Whereas the Saints, I just I don't understand it. So I, I let get, him go. The only yeah. thing that you could make make sense is that you got a little little bit of a discount with a bigger name, right? So like, he might not be as good of a player anymore as Marcus Williams is, but you're getting someone that you know fans are going to recognize more. Like the signing that people nationally are going to recognize is Matthew to the Saints, not Williams to the Ravens. But I think Williams to the Ravens is the bigger signing. And again, it's a little bit of a head scratcher. If you're the Saints, I don't know why you don't just spend a little bit more money and keep that guy in house. He's been great for you, underrated. I think you don't even need to spend more money. I think you probably went out and spent more money on Matthew than you could have done so by just retaining Williams. You, I think you should have just retained Williams. It was a weird signing for the the. It was a weird move at that safety position. Well, let's, for the let's Saints. just focus. They got older. Let's. I, I'd rather let's spend some more time on the Ravens, and then we can talk about the Saints getting Matthew, but. That secondary now in Baltimore. Oh, it's phenomenal. Bal- I think it's the scariest secondary to throw against. I mean, you are as you mentioned, you already had Humphrey and Peters, and now you add Marcus Williams. They're going to win the AFC North this year. I, I think that they are nailed on contender status. I think that last year was one of the worst years we've seen as far as injury luck is concerned for a single team. We haven't even mentioned, and this is for another episode, but like, they're getting their running backs back. Like, J.K. Dobbins was going to be a huge deal last year before he got hurt. Not only that, they're getting their second string. Run- I mean, they lost so many guys last year. Even the guys that they had to retain or, or go out and sign because of the injuries, they also lost them. Like, other guys, even though they just signed them, got hurt. So looking at it from the Saints' perspective, though, with Teron Matthew, yeah, is that just a— Home, hometown kid, feel good signing. Let's have some ticket sales go through the roof as people want to come who root for LSU. They want to come back to the Superdome and root for Teron Matthew, the Honey Badger in the Saints uniform. Is it that kind of move, or do they legitimately think that he still has enough to help them? And remember, it would be two or three years down the road because you'd have to assume that they're not now. ready to win now. Because the fact that we come in here week after week and say, oh, look at the Saints, could be good, but they could be starting in Dalton. I think they're going to start Winston. but Yeah, but they're, I mean, Winston, again, continues to suffer through injuries. So it's not not because Winston's going to lose the job to Andy Dalton. It's because Winston can easily not be available. Exactly. So, yeah, I think it's kind of the reasons why you and I were on this show and Guys like Dale and Matt were on their show saying it's not the move for the Steelers to go out and get Matthew because you're you're not winning right now. You like your team, but by the time Matthew was old and he's like 35, 34, that's when the window for the Steelers really reached. If it's Mitch or if it's Kenny, those guys will be established in this franchise. Uh, obviously, you'll have Najee Harris at that point could be the number one running back in the NFL. That team, or this team rather, they know what their process is. The move to make was to go out and get a quarterback, and then and then acquire one through the draft, and really feel feel it out which guy is going to be theirs, rather than the Saints who kept Winston, signed Andy Dalton, who I would have said if you want to, if you're the if you're the Steelers, say yeah, go out and sign Andy Dalton if you're going to release Mason Rudolph. Yeah, have him as a veteran. 
has him as the has him as the the third guy. Yeah, yeah. Not right. the second the guy. guy just possibly knows, the first guy. The guy who just knows how to you know go through a camp, go through football. So it's just season. very it's it's very puzzling to me, Tom, to witness the Saints, who were one of the best teams over the past decade with Sean Payton and Drew Brees, and in their first year without either of them, really make some questionable moves. I think it's easily easily said that the move they should have made was to just retain Marcus Williams. Yeah, if they especially if they were going to go out and spend on a free safety in, in the free agent market. Like, if you wanted to let Marcus Williams walk, then let him walk, maybe draft a safety. But I wouldn't like go that. after someone who's, as you said, older and more expensive. I don't know if he's more expensive. I think he was a little cheaper. Three oh, years. Really? Three. So Matthew was three years, $28.3 million, whereas Marcus Williams was five years, $70 million. So it's about, you know, maybe on a year to year about basis. About $40 million that they saved there. Right. But I'd on spend a year about year $4 basis. million extra for Marcus Williams. Sure. But it's also on a year to year basis. Five divided by 70, and then three divided by, what was it, 40? 40. I don't know. Math. Why don't you do some math? Help us out. Why don't you do some math real quick? And it was three divided by twenty-eight, not three divided by forty. Seventy divided by five. While you're 14. doing that, though, I want to talk about a couple old heads before we have to wrap up this. Okay, episode. so it's about five million dollars cheaper to get. It's exactly Matthew. what I just said. We didn't even have to do that math. I said. Well, it's about I did it anyways. But anyways, to to wrap up my point, even so, you made the point. You would rather spend the money on Williams then go after someone like Matthew, who is A, older, and B, not familiar with your team. Unless you're just, you know, buying time, waiting for that next quarterback to get drafted to New Orleans, and you want to have the appearance to your fan base that you're trying. You want to sell tickets by bringing in exciting players like Matthew, but you deep down know if you're the Saints, this thing isn't going to be rebuilt until another two or three years. Uh, like I said, a couple of the old heads that I wanted to talk about. Chandler Jones going from the Cardinals to the Raiders. Just recently turned 32. He's getting paid three years, $51 million, about $17 million a year for Chandler Jones. I I kind of want to give it an uh-uh, but it's just predictive uh-uh. I, I think Chandler Jones is wow. going to fall off eventually, right? Like I, he, he has to, right? I had the opposite opinion. You think he's going to stay as strong as he ever has been and just – at 32 years old, continued to be a force. I well, mean, I like he got hurt. Arizona. He got hurt two years ago and only had one sack. Last year he came back, he had 10 sacks. That's okay. Not, it's, not okay. A, it's double digits. Not it's as usual, good. though, of 17, That's 19. fair, but his first year back from injury, you get double digits. And now, too, Tom, Chandler Jones playing along uh, alongside J.J. Watt. Not the same. I mean, you're saying another washed-up player. I don't know if it's going to be the same Chandler Jones that we'll see in Vegas that we saw in New England and at the beginning of his tenure during or at the beginning of his tenure with the Cardinals I think you now send him over to Vegas you get to play alongside Max Crosby maybe that opens the door for Chandler Jones I see him just taking a step back eventually because he's just getting older and again honestly for this next guy Bobby Wagner going from Seattle to the Rams uh, 32 years old again, just like Chandler Jones. Five years, $50 million, $10 million per year. I'm going to go uh-uh on this one. He might be— Wow, I'm going to disagree with you again. Listen, he might be good this year, but I even more so than Von Miller. Five years is way too long for Bobby Wagner. And, again, I he had, a, what, like 170 combined tackles last year or something absurd like that. 
I'm just I'm just betting the odds, man. I'm betting that one of the, one of these years, sooner rather than later, you know, someone's gonna pull the tablecloth out from underneath these guys. So again, I'm gonna go the opposite, and I'll tell you why. It's because of the team he's moving to. The this is what the Rams do, right? They bring the Rams, even though they do spend a lot of money and they don't hit. When they bring in the big names, those names hit. Uh, Von Miller, who we talked about earlier this episode. Um, Jalen Ramsey a couple years ago. I mean, people were very afraid of Jalen Ramsey because of his character issues. He was playing in Jacksonville. Was he really that great? I mean, he came to Los Angeles and solidified himself as the best corner slash safety, best secondary man in the NFL currently. They don't make these moves for the big names, I think, without knowing if they can really help or not. And I think Bobby Wagner now really, I mean, you have, think about it, even though he's older, you now have Aaron Donald, on your line, you had, um, sorry, Jalen Ramsey in your secondary, and now you got Bobby Wagner to shore up the middle. I think it's a good move for them, and I think playing in L.A., a team that just won the Super Bowl, a team that's obviously very capable of of having a potent defense, he's going to be able to feed off of that. I mean, he made the all-pro team, Tom, in the last couple of years being the last remaining Legion of Boom member in Seattle for a couple of years. It wasn't just that last year he was the only guy there. I mean, he's been kind of a solo act on that defense for a while now. Yeah, they brought in Jamal Adams, but how much help was Jamal Adams really to that defense? I, I really think this was, it was A, a typical Rams move, but also B, just a good move overall for the team. One more that I'll say I'm, okay. I'm feeling uh-uh about we'll see. with a big name. Stephon Gilmore from the Panthers to the Colts. 31, going on 32 You're years gonna old. You're going to say uh-uh? I don't think We're it's— We're going to disagree for a third time in a row then. Listen, this is why my teams will be able to turn the page and move on and we'll have a lot of youth— into our roster, and you're just going to have old heads on your that we're just going to pound into the ground every time. The we difference face though it. is that they're not. Gilmore the, wasn't that great in Carolina when he left New England. Is that Gilmore's fault, or is Carolina just? I a think he has part five, of the blame. But, but is he playing on a bottom five team now? You were saying when we were doing our hey. schedule prediction for the Steelers, and we were going against the Colts, and you said that I mean it, it's not going to be that game's not going to be won by Matt Ryan. That game's going to be won. And Taylor, Taylor. If the run, de- if the Pittsburgh run defense isn't what it was, it last ain't going to be good enough to stop Taylor. But you, you did credit the defense, and I do think Stephon Gilmore just adds. He's it. an okay addition. I just don't think he's going to be but the I like Gilmore the that they think he's. I like be. the fit. Here's a trivia question for you to wrap up the okay. episode. Who's the most expensive Steeler signed out of the unrestricted free agent pool? Not someone they the re-signed. one they lost or the ones that they have no, no, signed. No, the one that they've signed. Who was not already on the team? Who wasn't already on the team? Is it Gunner? No. Okay, I thought it was gonna be like a very trick question. Not even close. Well, you said trick question. I didn't say trick question. I just said I got a little tricky question oh, you gotta, for you. Ah oh, man. So of Gunner, Miles Jack. Levi Wallace, Mason Cole. Do, 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 Is it James Daniels? It's James Daniels. Three years, 26 I was waiting million. to see your reaction because I was like, I said Mason Cole, you didn't really light up a lot. So I was like, okay, it could not be the offensive lineman, but I guess it's James Daniels. James Daniels. I'm looking up just to make sure that I got this right. Okay. Yep. Got it right. As far as the money is concerned. He is the youngest free agent to sign with a team 
and I still have to keep scrolling to find out what figure we have to go to uh, to to drop down even further price wise. But he uh, is one of the youngest until you get to Tim Settle, who's twenty five years old, twenty four going on twenty five, and he's about the same age as James Daniels. He signed for two years, nine million dollars. So as far as youth is concerned. The Steelers paid the biggest price for the youngest player in this unrestricted free agent crop. And you like with, that? With James Daniels. I think James because Daniels— Because you like the youth. I don't only like the youth. I like youth with experience, which is one of the hardest things to get. The fact that he's going to be 24 going on 25 and has started a lot already in the NFL, can't buy that. You cannot buy that type of experience and that type of youth. And maybe a change of scenery is good for him. Maybe I mean, putting a different uniform I'm helps not him explode even more. At all. And if it if it ends up being Mitch, you have that James Daniels, Mitch Trubisky, old Chicago connection. That'll do it for this episode, and that'll do it for another round of mm-hmm or uh-uh. Always a lot of fun to do Our that favorite. with you guys here on the Steelers Standard, but keep it right here. We'll be talking some more NFL headlines on our later episode today. But as always, we appreciate you guys giving us a listen. For Jacob Brecht, I'm Tom Opferman, and we will talk to you next time.